Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Nehemiah chapter 2, everyone say nothing just happens. Now, many people want a better life, but few people are willing to do what's necessary to get there. We want a better marriage, but we don't want to work with our spouse or get work on ourselves. We want to get in, in shape, but we don't want to work out or eat better. We want to get out of debt, but we don't want to change our spending habits. But the reality is, nothing just happens. And so I need you to understand this morning that we talked about four things so far. Nothing happens, just happens without vision. Everyone say vision. vision. Agreement. Motivation and resources. Because nothing just happens in this morning. Nothing just happens without effort. Everyone say effort. In fact, slap your neighbor. Tell him you need to put some effort into this thing. See, because effort's imperative. You have to have effort. And whatever you do in life, you need some effort. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. If you're there, say Amen. I won't be long this morning, so stay with me. So I came to Jerusalem, and I was there three days. How many days? Then I arose at night, and I and a few men with me, and I told no one what what God had put on my heart to do at Jerusalem. Now, I need you to understand, some of y'all, God is telling you something, and the first thing you do is you go to social media. There are some things God gives to you to shut up on. Because like a baby, you can't birth that baby until that baby's been developed. And some of you are giving birth to premature dreams and visions because you spoke them too soon. And they were never meant to be spoken at that time. Nehemiah kept it in his heart, hasn't said a thing. Then he says this. says, Nor was there any animal with me except the one which I rode. Verse 13. And I went out by night. Someone say by night. And went through the valley gate to the serpent well at the refuse gate. A lot of gates in this place. And viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates were burnt with fire. Verse 14. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool. But there was no room for the animal to pass under me. Let's pray now. Father, help In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, put in some effort. (laughs) Nehemiah has been the cupbearer to the king when he hears about the conditions in Jerusalem about a thousand miles away whose walls have been destroyed and gates burnt with fire, and they've sat in that condition for about 120 years. Nehemiah has never even been to that city. He was was born into captivity. When he hears about what's going on there, he's no longer content just to work his job, but he wants to make a difference. I shared with you that we all have operated in survival at times, that we've moved on to success, but to true level of making a difference is when we reach significance. Many of us are surviving. God never created you to survive, and he didn't just create you to succeed. He created you to make a difference. 
And when Nehemiah hears what's going on, the Bible says that he, he talks with the king. The king blesses him to go back to, to uh, Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. This is where we're at right here and where we're going to pick it up. But we want things to change in our lives, but things will not change in your life without effort. Every single one of you here wants something to get better, to change, or to improve in our lives. But it's not going to happen without putting in effort. Because you have to put in effort. Now, we believe in prayer. We believe in faith. But the Bible even says faith without works is what? Dead. And so take a look at the first thing I want you to notice is this. If you are going to change things in your life... The very first thing to making a difference or to bringing about a change in your life. Everyone say number one. It takes effort to show up. Say it again, pastor. The show up is the most important thing in your life. If you take a look at Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 11, it says, So I came to Jerusalem. Now we read that in our modern day and that just doesn't sound like a big deal. But the brothers living in Babylon, which is a thousand miles away from Jerusalem. And for him to show up so I came to Jerusalem means that he traveled a thousand miles with no Uber. No lift. No airplane. No private jet. The brother was riding donkeys, camels, horses. Over mountains, through valleys, through rivers, through the desert, through the cold at night, through the heat in the day. He had to go for three months. He made this journey every day. He got up and he traveled. Every day he went to sleep and then he got up and then he traveled. For three months he traveled every day to reach this point called Jerusalem. I'm here to tell you something. It takes effort to show up. It takes effort to show up in your marriage. It takes effort to show up in your community. It takes effort to show up in your addiction. It takes effort to show up in your your family. It takes effort to get up and go to work. I need you to understand nothing changes until you put in some effort to show up. Many people are are trying to heal a marriage, but you're absent from the marriage. You're trying to to help your children out, but you're not even showing up with your children. That's what I love about Judy. You've shown up for your kids. You might have had to work several jobs while they were at home, but you were always there for your kids. And they were scared to death of you as well in that process if they blew it. Dang, Judy, I'm scared of you sometimes. But I need you to understand that there's some things you can't delegate. You can't delegate being a husband. You can't delegate being a wife. You can't delegate being a mother. You can't delegate being a father. You have to be present to make those things happen. You can't delegate your vision. You can't delegate your future. You got to show up if things are going to change. And see, if the walls were going to be rebuilt, Nehemiah had to go to where the problem was in order to assess the situation and bring about building. It was a long journey to get there. Listen to me. It's going to take some time for you to get to that place to start rebuilding. But you got to show up if you want to see God blow up in your life. You got to show up and work to get to that place to make something happen. It was a long journey to get there, but I'm here to tell you, you got to be present. 
can't restore a marriage when you're not there. You, you know, one of the problems that happens, I just, you don't know how many people I've talked to recently. Why do we see so many people that have been married for 20 or 30 years end up divorcing after 20, 30 years? It's because the wife has been married to her children. The husband's been married to his career. And so the wife, because she's unhappy, pours her life into her kids. The husband is unhappy at home, so he pours his life into his career. Then he retires. Then the kids go to school and move out, get married. Now, after 20, 30 years, you got two strangers staring each other in the face. Because the man's been married to his job, the woman's been married to her children. And they don't have a clue who each other is when that time's over. Because you can't build something if you don't show up. Showing up is half the battle. Now, now let me explain this to you. Many of you know my cousin. I have a cousin by the name of Ignacio. And he was the youngest inmate at San Quentin Prison for a murder he committed at 16 years old. Once he, once he was incarcerated, he was caught at about 17 years old, and he ended up in San Quentin Prison at 17 years old. From there, he wrote a book about his experiences and so forth. When he got out, he's been out. Ever, when he got out of prison, never returned. Had two great sons. One of his sons is a sheriff today. And he was the one that pinned the star on his son when he got, when he got sworn in. So great, great story. But he wrote a book about his experiences. He's been working with youth and doing things in the community with young people. Some of his, the basket, he started a basketball league for, for uh, at-risk kids. And some of his kids are in college playing college ball right now. But what's so cool is this, is that I had Kevin Warren, the COO of the Minnesota Vikings, speaking here at the church a few weeks back, a few months back. While Kevin was speaking, all of a sudden, I was getting ready to, in, to in, introduce Kevin. I looked over, and I saw this gangster-looking dude on the left-hand left side of the church with a hat, cowboy hat on. Most gangsters wear cowboy hats. You know, they're not. If you see them, pray for them. You see any of those stars, just like, like that guy back there who wore a cowboy jersey to church? Just, 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 just pray for him, man. Just, just pray for him. Certain, certain things don't come out except through fasting and prayer, okay? <laughs> you know, when I, did, when I did the Cowboys Chapel, I told him, man, I, I don't, don't understand why we got so many stinking Cowboy fans everywhere in the church. And they're like, hey, Pastor, they're like, Pastor, we're everywhere. We're just everywhere. But I look over and I see this guy sitting there and I'm like, man. You know, at CWC, you see a gangster-looking dude? That's his family. But this guy stood out, and I didn't recognize him. And so after service is over, he starts walking up to me. I said, okay, here we go. And as he get closer, he goes, hey, primo. I said, huh? I look closer. He had shaved off his beard, so I didn't recognize him. And he comes up. He goes, hey, man, I just wanted to, uh, I heard Kevin was going to be here. I just wanted to give him a copy of my book. He goes, you know, I live, in, I live in Modesto. I drove all the way over here this morning just to see him and to give him the book. So I took him backstage. He gives Kevin the book. And as soon as he gives Kevin the book, Kevin goes, I'm going to fly you out to speak to the Minnesota Vikings, our staff, and I'm going to have you speak to the Minnesota University uh, Gophers as well to their football team. He's looking at me like, the next thing I know, he's on a first-class plane ticket 
flying over there, shows us this beautiful suite he's staying in. Then it shows a picture of him speaking to the Minnesota Vikings staff. Then he's speaking on the field to the Minnesota Gophers football team. They never allow speakers to go on the field. And he's speaking to these guys. ESPN happened to be there doing a story on the Minnesota Gophers. And they videotaped and they, they, they captured his whole story on that sideline. After that was over, they sent him a check for five grand. And Kevin says, I want to take your story and I want to turn it into a Broadway play. Not a movie, a Broadway play. Now, listen, that doesn't happen if he doesn't show up. Now, you didn't hear me. That doesn't happen if he doesn't show up. It's when you're tired and you don't feel like going to work. It's when you're tired and you don't feel like pouring into your kids. It's when you're tired and you don't feel like studying. When you show up, great things happen. David shows up to work and he ends up running into Goliath. And next thing you know, he becomes king. I'm here to tell you that if you can just show up when you're tired, don't give up. Show up. Don't walk away. Show up. And if you have a show up in you, you could have breakthrough take place in your life as well. Second thing I want you to see is this, is number two, it takes effort to know the scope of the work. Nehemiah chapter, 12, chapter 2, verse 12, it says this, Then I arose at night, and I and a few men with me, and I told no one what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Nor was there any animal with me except the one I rode. And I went out by night to the valley gate, to the serpent well, to the refuse gate, and I, everyone say, viewed. I viewed the walls of Jerusalem. He took time not just to get there, but to see what's going on. It's one thing to be in your home. It's another thing to see what's going on in your home. It's one thing to be in your life. It's another to see what's going on. He took time to inspect. You can't rebuild something if you don't take time to inspect what's going on. Knowing the condition is vital to knowing the solution. Say it again, Pastor. When you know what's going on, when you've, when you've examined what's taking place, then you know how to fix it. Many of us are trying to fix problems that we've never even identified what the issue was. It takes effort to inspect the condition of your situation. He, he has to go through the whole wall of Jerusalem, navigating through all the rubble. You got to go through some junk. You got you to step over the, how you broke trust with your wife, how you, how you blew it in your walk with God. You got to step over those boulders that are stand, the remnants of all the, uh, of the promises that you've broken, things that you've done, uh, letdowns that have taken place, failures. You got you to navigate through the rubble in your life and see it. You can't ignore it. you got to see what's going on in your life. The third thing I want you to understand is this. See, navigating through the rubble in life can be a challenge, but you can't ignore the rubble in your life. you got to deal with it. And you have to remove it because you cannot build on rubble. Come on, somebody. you you, you got to deal with the issue. you got to navigate. you got to see what the problem is. Number three. Everyone say number three. We need to come down. Now, later on in this series, I'm going to preach to you a message called, I'm not coming down. But for this one, I'm going to tell you to come down. All right? Worship team, if you would help me. Nehemiah chapter 2, I want you to notice verse 14. It says this, 
Then I went by the fountain gate to the king's pool, but my donkey, what? The walls had fallen to a point that he couldn't stay on his donkey any longer and try to get through that place. The Bible says he had to step down if he wanted to. He had to step off his in order to. You, you, you can't just sit on your high horse and point out the problems. If you're going to restore things in life, you can't just sit there and point at them. You got to get off your high horse. You got to deal with the pride that's in your life. You got to recognize that if it's going to get fixed, I got to step off my high. I got to get down on. I got to get my hands dirty. I got to get. I got to roll up my sleeves and get to work. I can't depend on someone else to get it done. I got to. I can't heal your marriage. My wife can't restore your family. My. You know what? My pastors can't be the ones that put your family back together again. You got to be willing to get off your horse, roll up your sleeves and get busy you can't wait for someone else to do what only you can do you can't expect inspect things from a distance and nehemiah had to walk through it he had to step through it you know what it could be painful stepping through the failures of your past come on somebody it's hard because when you're stepping through your old mess-ups, I try to forget that. But your wife still remembers it. You're, you're, you're trying to step over it, but your kids remember it. You're trying to act like it doesn't exist, but you're trying to restore relationship with them with this big old boulder that's shattered between you and your kids. Because they remember. You can't ignore the rubble in your life. We got to step off our horse and we got to deal with those things, guys. Got to get rid of the pride that's holding you back. So I want you to see as we, Nehemiah steps down and he comes up with the plan. But number four, everyone say number four. This is finally. Someone say finally. Haters. Verse 17. Chapter 2. But I now said to them, you know very well that we are in trouble, or the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Nehemiah tells them, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. They'd gotten used to it. I'm here to come to you as Nehemiah this morning. Some of you have gotten used to the dysfunction. You've gotten used to the rubble in your life. This is just the way it's going to be for my life from now on. This is just the way it's going to happen in my life. That's not the way it should be. It's not the way God planned it for your life. But this is just the way it's going to be, Pastor. No, it's not. I'm here to tell you, come, let us rebuild. Let us put back together the things the enemy destroyed in our lives. Let's say, you know what, you're not coming any farther here. We're going to put back together the things the enemy destroyed. We're going to put back our faith. We're going to put back our hope. We're going to put back our family. We're going to put back our dreams. We're going to put back our future. He goes, let let us build the walls of Jerusalem and end this what? 
Do, do you understand that you're God's people? And that when our lives are destroyed, we end up giving a disgrace to God. That the world looks at us and say, man, you guys are all jacked up. Why do we want to go where you're at? Because you're just like us. We have a responsibility to live at a higher level. Why? Because we have God on our side. That doesn't mean you don't have problems. That just means that we recognize I might have rubble and a broken down wall, but because I have God, I have the strength and ability to rebuild it. Come on, somebody. I'm speaking to someone right now. So he tells them, then I told them about the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And this is their reply. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began, to, they began the good work. Come, let us build. He invited everyone to participate. See, walls don't rebuild themselves. You got to rebuild the wall. You got to take time. to Good, good intentions aren't enough. You got to make a choice to rebuild today. Oh, somebody got to listen to me. Now, you know I'm not a Niner fan. Okay, but the, the Niners have, I'm making enemies today, Cowboy fans or Niner fans. But the Niners have a, a theme this year called Brick by Brick. By the way, I believe the Niners are going to get their first win today. I will tell you that. You guys, you guys. I'm not prophesying. I'm just saying I believe they're going to get their first win, okay? Come on, love, love, love. The last thing is that we have to have a heart to work. You have to be willing to work. Your heart has to be in this. Listen, what what am I telling you tonight or this afternoon? I'm simply telling you this. That if we're going to rebuild the walls in our lives, you don't have to read. The, the scope was huge. About 15 miles of wall they had to put up. And you're looking right now at the grand scope of what you have to restore in your life. I'm here to tell you something. Just like the Niners, just brick by brick. Can, can you just, you might not be able to restore your whole marriage today, but can you take one brick and put one brick of love into your marriage this week? That you might not break your addiction this week, but can you take one brick of sobriety and put it down in your life? Just one brick. That you might not be able to break that depression, but can you take one brick of joy and say, God is my strength, and put one brick down, brick by brick in your life? Can you put one? Can I take today one brick, and then tomorrow another brick, and then the next day another? Before you know it, you start putting brick upon brick upon brick. Why? It takes effort. Walls don't build themselves. You have to get your hands dirty. You're going to have to get some backache. But you got to put some effort into rebuilding this wall. It's going to take some time to bend down and get into that rubble and move some things out of the way and get together and say, babe, we're going to put this where we're going to do this together. In fact, some of your wives are so mad at you, you might have to build for a little while by yourself. 
I know you're not going to keep building that. I've seen you go that far before. I know you're just bringing me these flowers because you're, you know I'm mad. Bring me that candy just because you know I'm mad right now. Just going to end up back to your old ways. That's all right, baby. Just going to keep building. And I'm going to keep building until all of a sudden she's like, the wall's getting pretty high. Need me to hand you a brick? <laughs> See, you're having a hard time reaching up there. I'll, let me help you. <laughs> I should have had you play that part. <laughs> Takes effort. Many of us are sitting around waiting for God to do what only you could do. I'm waiting on God. No, you're not. God's waiting on you. When Joshua was sitting there crying before God, and God says, what are you doing? Get up off your face. Well, I'm praying. Now's not the time to pray. Now's the time to war. Get up. I'm here to tell you right now. Get up. I'm here to tell you, roll up your sleeves now. Let's start rebuilding some things. Let's stop complaining about the condition. Let's stop complaining about the rubble. And how about picking up a couple pieces and getting them out of the way? How about get working together and start clearing a path so we can rebuild brick by brick? Let's take some time to take brick by brick. You might not build it all in one day, but brick by brick. I love what Zachariah says. He says this, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Just start. It might not look like much, but just start. Why? Because God loves beginning. God loves it. God does this. As you begin to build, God's like this. That's my girl. But God, it's only one brick. That's all right. That's my girl. Look at her. Look at the way she put that brick down there. She building. You go, girl. You build. That's right. Oh, that's my son. Look at him. Look at him. He got, he got two blocks right now. He's a... That, that, that's my boy right there. Look at him. Look at him. He's doing it crooked, but he's, he's doing it. He's doing it. Don't despise small starts in your life. Because what starts small ends big. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.